Good morning, everybody. You are tuning into the news and morning mixtape. It is Monday, June 26th, and I'm your host, Mariana Schwetze, reporting for CJRU 12:80 a.m. in Toronto. And here are our top stories from today. Tech giant Meta is following through with threat to stop news access on their platforms in Canada, but content will still be accessible outside of the country. CRA asks Shopify to hand over records for more than 120,000 Canadian businesses to check for tax evasion. And in Russia, a potential coup on its way to the capital was shut down within 24 hours. And then we'll hear from Samina with an interesting book recommendation on her segment, Turn the Page. So with all these news, let's get started. Meta, Facebook and Instagram's parent company said this week that it plans to follow through with its threat to end millions of Canadians' ability to access and share news on both platforms. As Bill C-18, the Online News Act, gained royal assent after passing in the House and the Senate. The tech company made the announcement on the same day the bill received royal assent. The law will force tech giants like Meta and Google to pay news outlets for posting their journalism on their platforms. According to CBC News, Meta said it will begin to block news for Canadian users over the next few months and that the change will not be immediate. However, Meta also said that people living outside of Canada will not be subject to the same blocks on accessing or sharing news as people living here. When the restrictions are fully in effect, Canadian news outlets would still be able to post links and content on the platform, but some would not be viewable in Canada. According to the Globe and Mail, this would mean that a resident of Niagara Falls in New York would be able to read Facebook's posts by Canadian news organizations, while those living across the border in Niagara Falls, Ontario, would not. The Online News Act would make Facebook and Google negotiate deals with news outlets to compensate them for posting or linking to their work. It is aimed at supporting Canada's news industry, which has seen advertising migrate to the tech giants. Still, according to the Globe and Mail, analysts in Ottawa continue to express hope that the government may be able to keep Facebook and Google on board by issuing regulations to address their concerns. But on Friday, Facebook said regulations would not be enough to deter it from blocking Canadians' access to news on the platform. Both the government and the Canadian Radio, Television and Telecommunications Commission can issue regulations on how the act would be implemented. Meta is currently testing ways to block news on both Facebook and Instagram, affecting around 1.1 million Canadians. Google, which earlier this year conducted similar tests affecting around 1.2 million Canadians, says it has not yet decided whether to block the ability of Canadians to search for news in response to the act. Still in Canada, the Canada Revenue Agency is demanding six years' worth of records from Shopify on all its Canada-based businesses to verify their tax compliance. Shopify is a prominent Canadian multinational e-commerce company. According to the Toronto Star, it has more than 120,000 Canada-based merchants, of which 16,600 are in Toronto. The platform allows businesses to build an online store and sell services through a streamlined dashboard. The e-commerce company provides a wealth of data on individual company revenue. This, experts say, can be great for the CRA to see which companies have failed to file their income tax and excise tax, tax on certain goods, 
or are underreporting their income. This way, the CRA can access all relevant documents from thousands of businesses and cross-reference Shopify's data with its own. On Friday evening, Shopify CEO Tubas Lutke went public with the CRA's request, posting on Twitter and saying, quote, I don't particularly want a fight with the CRA, but we got asked to back-channel them six years of records for all Canadian Shopify stores. This feels like low-key overreach to me. We will fight this, he wrote. And on international news, the last few days were intense in Russia. Yavigny Prigozny, leader of the Wagner Group, withdrew his troops from the Ukrainian front line to confront the Russian government. According to Vox, they took control of Rostov-Odon, a crucial military outpost near the Ukrainian border. Prigozny and his troops advanced towards Moscow, coming within 200 kilometers of the capital before deciding to send the troops back to the front line. Initially, it seems like a potential coup, with Prigozny threatening a march on Moscow to root out corruption in Russia's leadership. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko brokered an agreement between Prigozny and the government within 24 hours. Prigozny announced plans to send his troops back to Ukraine while he himself would go into apparent exile in Belarus. He stated that they embarked on a march of justice but decided to turn back to avoid bloodshed. The Wagner mercenaries recruited from Russia's penal colonies played a crucial role in Russia's war efforts in Ukraine. Prigozny criticized Russian military leadership for poor planning, decision-making, and lack of support for his troops, according to Vox's report. He clashed with Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu and Chief of the General Staff Valery Gerasimov over the group's lack of ammunition. Still, according to Vox, Prigozny's actions on Friday appeared to be his most audacious attack on the defense apparatus in Russian leadership. Now, as Prigozny heads to the apparent exile in Belarus, what comes next for Russia is as much as a mystery as the events of the last weekend. For the war in Ukraine, the brief reprieve from the Russian Wagner troops could be useful for Ukrainian fighters attempting to recapture Bakhmut. Well, that was it for me today, and I'll leave you with Samina for her segment, Turn the Page. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Turn the Page. My name is Samina. Each week, I'm going to make a book recommendation, and I hope it gets you turning the pages. Warning. The content in this segment may be distressing to listeners. Discretion is advised. June is National Indigenous History Month in Canada a time to recognize the rich history, heritage, resilience, and diversity of First Nations, Inuit, and Métis across Toronto and all of Turtle Island. Take the time to read the stories of people from the Indigenous community. Their history has been erased. We still don't know the extent of the atrocities they faced. Reading their stories lets us learn and helps us keep their memories alive. Hate has no place anywhere. Meet Bernice Mitos, a Cree woman who leaves her home in northern Alberta following tragic events and travels to Gibson, British Columbia. She makes a number of stops along her journey, with her story traveling between the past and the present, memory and reality, dream state and wakefulness. When she reconnects with her Aunt Val and her cousin Skinny Frida, Bernice, also known as Birdie, finds the courage to face her past. The title of the book is Birdie. The author is Tracy Lindbergh. 
After it was published in 2015, Birdie became a national bestseller. In 2016, it was a Canada Reads finalist. It was also a finalist in the Kobo Emerging Writer Award and the George Burnett Award for Fiction, and it was long-listed for the International Dublin Literary Award. Tracy is a writer, a lawyer, an academic scholar, a teacher, and an Indigenous rights activist from the Kelly Lake Cree Nation in British Columbia. She was the first Indigenous woman in Canada to complete her graduate law degree at Harvard. She is also thought to be the first Indigenous woman to receive a doctorate in law from a Canadian university. Birdie is Tracy's debut novel. Bernice is someone who has experienced one trauma after another, starting when she was sexually assaulted at a young age. She also spent time in a mental institution, and there's also a period of time where she becomes unable to speak or interact with the world. This is a book that specifically talks about the experiences of Indigenous women and focuses on one Indigenous woman's journey of self-discovery and overcoming trauma. Bernice's mother is a representative of the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Throughout this book, you read about Cree language, storytelling, and tradition. If you find there's a book you want to read immediately, check with your local library and don't forget to check Overdrive for a digital copy. You can also check your local independent bookstore. If you enjoyed this book and want to share your thoughts or make a recommendation, please find us on Instagram at CGRU News. Thank you for listening. Happy reading. With this, let's wrap up our news for this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I will be back next week with some more news and morning mixtape. But until then, tune in tomorrow for more. It's CJRU, 12, 8 a.m. in Toronto. I'm Mariana Schuetze. Thanks for listening.